Hello, and thanks for listening to JoJo's Bizarre Podcast. My name is Mark, and I am joined here by Jackie. Hello. And by Miles. Miles. I already said hello. You said hello before when it turned out I, I wasn't said recording. I already said hello. Hmm. Okay. We're a podcast that oh. 80% of the time talks about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, but we've covered all of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, the anime. We know there's a ton of uh, comic books and other media out there, but by golly, we're not going to do it. It has to be, you know, some kind of motion media that just plays in front of us. Why do you sound so annoying right now? What? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, we know. Na, 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 na. Because, <laughs> because I'm doing it's like a parody of of the the idea. I like because I like the idea of refusing to read. Okay. Because uh I think the obvious thing is that, that I used to say we've seen all of JoJo and then people would be like But you gotta read it. Because people ask us to read the manga and so I just instead of being like, Hey, we're not gonna read it because we're lazy, I like pretending like Okay. We're lazy and we need to you know, have something that moves and talks out loud for us. Yes, that's true. Well, we're at least reading the subtitles. It's also a self-critique about how I don't read anymore. And a lot of people don't read anymore and they should. We read the subtitles. That's not what I mean. I mean like books. But it is reading. It's like reading tweets, but a lot of them. I mean, when I like... It's like reading a, it's like reading a, a, a t- Twitter thread. That is not reading. That is 100% not what I mean when I mean reading. <laughs> reading a Twitter th- thread oh boy. is like re- watch reading subtitles. <laughs> which is not like reading books, <laughs> which is what I'm talking about. Like I read the... Po- Leave me out I, of this. I'm reading a great book called The Overstory by Richard Powers. Right the now. Overstory? Everyone should All right, read. Miles is starting a, a book club. Is it like a book about, about uh, writing? Is it a book about writing? No, it's a book about trees. It's like overstory versus understory. What does that have to do with trees? Like under the ground? Like branches? Or roots? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That sounds insanely boring. You just single-handedly ruined my case that people should read. You're reading about trees? <laughs> it's an unbelievable book. Okay. <laughs> uh, so listen, we, we already watched all of the JoJo anime, and you can hear all of our past, past episodes on um, anchor.fm slash jjbpod. For some reason, we started with uh, part four, Diamond is Unbreakable. Um, so you can go ahead and figure out what order to listen to that uh, at your own um, pleasure. But uh, while waiting and hoping and holding out for a part six anime, we've been watching other animes. We could have just stopped the podcast, but we didn't. And this week we watched the anime movie Porco Rosso, a 1992 Miyazaki joint uh porco rosso means red pig in italian but we will get to that movie in a little bit first thing we have to do is check in with our listeners because of engagement engagement and it's also cool to talk to people from different parts of the world don't get me wrong um first thing we're going to do here in the um correspondence corner or this week the subscriber skies i sound so prepared now don't i because <laughs> we we weren't recording before <laughs> yeah. we're doing this all again don't worry we did like 10 minutes before i noticed it we didn't do like an in- is it recording yeah it is it's still recording <sighs> okay it is recording it Jesus is Christ. it's recording i almost shit um <laughs> anyway people write emails to jojo's bizarre pod at gmail.com and we read them and here. you can do it too you can do it too it just 
but hopefully make it about uh, JoJo in an interesting way or whatever anime we watched. You can't read them. You can send them. Oh, did we say that they can read them? We will read them. Well, it was unclear. Uh, I see. Yeah. Just to clarify, us telling you that email address doesn't mean you can log in and check the mm. inbox for other people's yeah, messages. Anyway, here's an email from Talia. Uh, it is called Thoughts About Promised Neverland. That is an anime we watched last week. Hello, people of the pod. Here's some random thoughts about Promised Neverland. I thought the tracking device was in the neck uh, because there'd be a scar and the tattoo would be there to cover it up. Um, whenever there's a group of three characters in a piece of media, um, they automatically assume that they're standing in for the id, ego, and super ego, the three Freudian parts of the human uh, consciousness. But uh, Talia says that it would be a stretch to say that um, because Emma and Ray are like polar opposites and Norman is in the middle. Although that is kind of how the id, ego, and super ego are, right? The id is just raw, carnal desire, like the anger or death drive, you know, violence, and then the sexual lust drive. And then... The ego is the thought. Wait, ego is about oneself. Yeah, it's I been think, a long time since like sophomore year are. of high school. And then super ego, I think, is your like unconscious mind. Super ego like moderates the two, right? Your place oh, okay. in society and your. Um, I shouldn't have even started this without. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I learned <laughs> it when I was like fifteen. Now yeah, I'm thirty three. I don't need that. I can't help you. Yeah. But you know what? Yeah, I didn't take psychology in high school. I wasn't interested in people. I do agree that Emma and Ray are like polar opposites. Yeah. And and, and yeah, Norman is sort of a compromise. Uh, about the title, I thought it was a bleak reminder that there is no place they, the characters, can go. You know, you have a promised land, but the land doesn't exist, which is why you'd say it's the promised never land. Uh, uh, Talia goes on to say that the, quote, fights in the promised Neverland are similar to jojo in that it's not just about physical strength it's about predicting your opponent uh finding their weaknesses and then attacking um i had mentioned last week my feelings on the probable only black character uh in the anime that i thought they kind of depicted her weird as this sort of like scary um impulsive uh sort of wacky character Mm -hmm. um and Talia also had some doubts, but felt that they overall did a good job uh, with her character and that she's not one dimensional. And I agree with that. I agree that after we, Mark and I saw the rest of it. So we finished season one um, for the listeners who do not know, uh, which it's great. You should watch it. Also, Chad finished it, too, I think. He's, Listener Chad. Uh, he told us on Twitter. Also Shout out could to Chad. not could not help himself and had to finish. Uh, it's so, really yeah. good and scary and lots of twists and turns. But I think I think they do Sister Crone okay. There are a lot of ways that could have gone wrong. My expectations are also pretty low for Japanese anime. <laughs> um, you mean in terms of how they treat like uh, black uh, people of color, like yeah. non-white, non-Asian people? Yeah. yeah, yeah. My expectations are pretty like just don't don't like be all the way fucked up. Uh, but no, I think it was, I think it was fine. Yeah, it was look, fine. And it, it got better. I think they treat her with some respect later on. Like the, the show does, um, even though she is a villain. Yeah. I mean, I was never going to like 
turn off the show, throw a remote at the TV and be like, whoever made this is racist. But I, I might just, do that. I was just, oh shit. <laughs> Even now, like just the show, we're done with the show, but you might just be sitting on the sofa like, you know what? I have, de- I have in the past, not with, and maybe with anime. I'm not sure if I've ever done this with anime, but I have started watching a show and within the first couple of episodes been like, I don't think this is for me because something felt really sexist or racist or something. You have. I've definitely done that. Yeah. Um, multiple on multiple occasions. Um, well, not that many, but <laughs> enough that I remember it. Uh, no, I think that's fair. Yeah. yeah. If you're not comfortable with the show, that's or whatever. Some, but. Or sometimes I'm like, mm, I'm seeing a lot of racist jokes in the first episode that I do not like. They leave a bad taste in my mouth. Let me see where this goes. And then I might give it a couple more episodes. And if I still am not feeling it enough, then I'm like, never mind. I I'm feel out. like besides the fact that I also just found it like profoundly unfunny, but that sort of lowbrow, like racist joke shit. That's how I felt about uh, Two Broke Girls. Mm-hmm. The clips that I'd see of that show. Have you guys seen that ever? Uh, I, I think I... No. I might have seen parts of it and then was like, eh, I'm not really interested. Yeah, it's just like a lot of really dumb jokes about stereotypes there that are like, oh, yeah. I, I went through public school, guys, like, or private school. I, I did like K through 12. Like, I've heard all of these jokes before. Private school? And uh, no, I'm saying, sorry, what I meant was, uh, <laughs> I meant like people have gone through public school, you know, and then I was like, or even in private school, people are <laughs> racist. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I have not gone to private school. Okay. You can tell by uh, my uh, face. Anyway. Um, P.S. Oh, no, wait. On an unrelated note, the two best openings to any piece of media are Batman Beyond and the Deus Ex opening. Uh, I agree with the second part, uh, to quote Morgan Freeman in Seven. Postscript, every time I close my eyes, I see Mama, because Mama is hot. Should explain to the listeners that Mama is the name of a character in the Promised Neverland anime. Our listener does not have uh, an Oedipal complex to bring it back to Freud. To our knowledge. Thanks anyway. for writing, Talia. Who would like to read the next email? <laughs> uh, I can read it. Are we recording? We got to keep checking now. You are tell me, recording? like, if the numbers are red and they're moving. Those numbers are red and moving. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, this All right. Next <laughs> email is from Christian. And it states in the subject line, what, Mark? You skipped Leon. How the fuck? No, (laughs) I didn't, Mark. (laughs) Wait. You did, you did. (laughs) What is this inbox, Mark? There's too many emails in this inbox. Why is it my job to clean it up? I was about to read an old... Because you are in charge of this entire podcast. (laughs) If you... you, (laughs) See how it sounds out loud. (laughs) You're in charge of this entire... If you didn't, like make sure to confirm a time jackie we would never record <laughs> you yelled at me like just last week about skipping an email i what did i yes well what do as i say not as i do okay <laughs> sorry i was actually reading an about to read an old one from christian not yeah. the not the latest one so i didn't skip well, leon you weren't looking at talia anyway you weren't looking at the email i was look i wasn't looking at that specific email i'm cutting all this anyway it's okay why the listeners need to know. No, leave it. In. Leave it all in. You leave it all in. Listeners need to know about the like because the 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 subplot of this podcast is our internal conflicts. You know. I guess I think it's in, like it's like watching behind the scenes of a band. Will I get you guys to agree to cutting it out if I just read all of our social security numbers? Mark, right 
<laughs> well, first of all, you Come can do whatever on. you want because we don't even listen to the podcast. Tr- you have no idea how much personal info <laughs> I've, I've gotten out there. You can do whatever you because we don't know how you edit. How did this. you get my social? Uh, you don't know our social security oh, numbers. I mean, I'm in this apartment. I, I, I can get some info on you at least. No, you can't. Oh. Uh, go ahead and read. All right, all right. Want. I guess I'm reading an email. Um, this email is from Leon. Uh, it states, "Hello, wonderful beings that make this wonderful podcast." Hi. I was ecstatic when I heard Aww. my email being read out, and there's actually a video that summarizes my reaction. Uh, I'm also ecstatic because I got Rohan at the Louvre. <laughs> Louvre. <laughs> at the. <laughs> So, <laughs> sorry, uh, I apologize in advance to all the French We haven't had anybody listeners. say they speak French. Listeners, um, if you speak French, write in and tell me how much you hate that I can't say Louvre. <laughs> Is it Louvre? Do we know? Because I've always assumed that. And for all I know. Because wait, in like Canadian. Louvre. They uh-huh. say like theatre. So maybe it's like Louvre. I am your Louvre. Be That's because of Britain. Lover. Wanna be my Louvre? A song by La, La Bouche. I think we just confirmed that we know French. <laughs> it's pronounced lover. That's what it is. It's pronounced lover. Uh, yes. It's Rohan at the lover. It's pronounced <laughs> la da da dee da da da. <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. Um, <laughs> so I was wondering if any of you have read it. If so, what did you think of it? From LJ Draws. P.S. No. Every time I close my eyes, I wake up feeling ecstatic that my email might be read out. Thank you. Again, you might want to lower the audio for this video. It's okay. I'm not going to click it. Okay. Here. We've seen it. It is too loud. Uh, Not to disappoint you, but we read pretty much everyone's email unless it's way too long or you're a jerk and we don't like you. And for the most part, we like people. I mean, I will say, though, that <laughs> when we're back in the swing, uh, like when JoJo is coming out, there have been weeks where we had too many emails and we had to at least summarize them. Mm, yeah. So, true. yeah, pretty much in the off season, uh, as we're going to call this, like in between JoJo's You can seasons, be our pen pal, right? To you can just week. write something. And again, yeah, as long as you're not rude yeah. or wildly off topic, we'll read it. We got time to fill. <laughs> yeah. We we we've done mailbag episodes before too when we had a we lot have. of emails. Yeah. And we didn't feel like watching a thing. Um I read Rohan at the Louvre. Um I liked it. I have it somewhere here. Um listeners who have the hardcover of Rohan at the Louvre, tell me if you also thought the Louvre, the icon for the Louvre, like the museum's logo on the front also had like a smudge or it looked like there was damage to the cover of your book. Because uh, that has happened to me. And uh, thankfully, it is in good condition. I like Rohan at the Louvre. I don't really remember it well enough to give you specifics. But it, it felt very much like a Rohan one-shot where, um, well, I don't want to spoil it. But it's Rohan telling a story about a crazy thing that happened to him. And it's got elements of, yeah, I don't know. It's like another, yeah, Rohan spooky story with that Araki flair of just specific knowledge about things that you're like, I didn't ask to know about the history of a museum Araki he likes to travel that Rohan he does he really gets out about town mm-hmm. um, but yeah Rohan at the Louvre is good and we flirted with the idea of uh, doing a podcast episode about it but uh, you know a- as has been previously stated on other episodes of this podcast we do not read um, unless it's like the back of a box or uh, tweets a Twitter thread we'll but, read a whole Twitter thread yeah and you can tweet to us at jjbpod or your emails. We'll read your emails, maybe. Yeah. Unless they're really long. Well, we're proving it. 
We uh, will not read your fan fiction. We might read your fan fiction. Make it good. Wait, we're going to read your I'm, fan fiction. Not out loud, but <laughs> we'll we're going to read it. Miles, can you read the last one? Yes. Our final email of all time, Whisper of the Heart, it's called. And it's from our friend, Christian. Hey, JJBP. Since you guys are doing a Ghibli film this week, I figured I'd talk about my favorite film, Whisper of the Heart. It's a movie that I watched only recently, but I saw so much of myself in it that it quickly became my favorite. It has a lot of heart to it, no pun intended, and it's basically about following your dreams and perfecting your craft while also trying to be realistic about things. The main character aspires to be a writer, and I also do. So I got a little emotional at a lot of the scenes, and I absolutely adore the setting and the vibe of the whole movie. 10 out of 10. I highly recommend you guys give it a watch. I need to watch the sequel sometime in the future. Question. What character from JoJo would you like to plop right in any Ghibli you desire to see what happens? That's all for now. Ciao, Christian. So, I think Iggy would be good in a Ghibli uh, film. I think he'd be good. Just like farting in people's faces? Yeah. Just maybe these... not that, but I don't know. Just being a cute dog. Really, though? I mean, I Being guess. a cute jerk dog. So you mean if he was in, but like he was written by Miyazaki and he was just a nice... No, he could still be kind of a jerk, but not super farty. Would his stand be welcome in this? He uh, would take some like Pepto-Bismol or whatever makes you stop farting. Yeah, you know, I was going to say Gas X, <laughs> but Gas X, I think, makes you fart out all the gas that's trapped inside your body. Mm. Listeners, should you <laughs> take Gas X and, and just record the results? Oh, God, no. On this podcast? No. Um, um, what's, what would be the difference, to be honest? Oh, man. Uh, I think uh, I think Rohan would be it'd be fun to read like a Rohan um, fucking the spoke Rohan Kishibe style retelling of any of these movies. You know, if Rohan explained to you what he saw at, uh, you know, Kiki's delivery service or uh, Porco Rosso here. You know who could fit? Um, uh, who was the uh, of when in the Italian mob people? Who was the like young one who listened to music and stuff? Narancha. Narancha. I think he would fit. Yeah, actually, I think that's true. Because he's young and he's chill and he's cool. Yeah. I mean, he also will slice you. That's okay. Okay. That's and true. he has cute little... Imagine if those bullets were like little chibi cute bullets. Why? Wait, now you're talking about... Oh, I'm talking about the other one. I'm talking about Mista. Mista. Yeah, Narancha has a little airplane, which would fit here. That would fit. It's yeah. not a, It's not a seaplane, but it is an airplane. What if there was a little pig in the airplane? I would like it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, if there were... If if the shoe were on the other foot, I would like to see Porco Rosso inside of Aerosmith. Uh, and he would give Narancha attitude and would ask for money. I think we fixed it. We did it. We made all media okay. better. Uh, but yeah, thanks for I recommending think, uh, that. I've never heard of Whisper of the Heart. Don't you want me to answer the question? Yes, I talked over you. Go ahead. Yeah, thanks a lot. I think uh, a Ghibli movie about Gross Dad becoming a human again would be nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, and do you think it would just be completely like... It would just be that season. <laughs> when yeah. Gross Dad turns back into Human Dad, it's like not really explained why. It's not right. like preordained or... You just kind of don't expect mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Pretty good. 
I think Abdul can be in a in a Ghibli movie. Abdul? I think he could. I don't know. Why not? What? Do, why do you feel that aesthetically or his personality? I think as the, I think the way that he dresses could be in like Nausicaa or something. Yeah, and one of the more fantasy ones because Porco Rosso is not a fantasy movie. No. I mean, there's a fantasy element to it, but it doesn't really even need to be there. It doesn't mm-hmm. really disrupt too much about the real world context. Um. Yeah. Anyway, those are all of our emails. Again, they were sent to Jojo's Bizarre Pod at Gmail dot com. Um. Another way you can interact with us is by paying us money. Um, no, if you go to patreon.com slash jjbpod, uh, you can support the show. Um, starts out at $1 a month. Even that helps us out, believe it or not. Um, if you pay uh, $3 a month, I will read your name out loud like so. Uh, and I will also go to the window momentarily and shout it out at the town. Um, but uh, I don't record that. Um, so I want to say thank you to the following people. Celeste, Austin, Tim, Tyler, Michael, Martin, Christian, Chad, and Kevin and Josh. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, and if you didn't know, if you just do one month on the $20 tier, you can just make us watch an anime of your choosing, a movie or parts of a show, no hentai. But um, people have been doing that, and people have been hitting uh, home runs. Uh, Promise mm-hmm. Neverland was a Patreon pick. Mm-hmm. This week's movie uh, was uh, given to us as an option, but uh, it came from Kevin. So thanks, Kevin, for supporting the show and for recommending uh, this movie that I think was a good-ass movie. And Mark and I kept watching Carol on Tuesday. So yeah, we watched some Carol on Tuesday, which was also... Uh, no, that wasn't a Patreon pick. Oh, that was a Miles Ma pick. Yeah. Miles, thanks for that supporting a, the show. That was a New York Times pick. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, we want to say thank you to the New York Times. Uh, can for recommending you, anime. Can you just give me a free subscription? I'm not paying for it. When I click on your website and you don't want to show me the rest of the article, I just close the tab. I'm not doing it. Okay. Thank, thank you. Just consider it. Anyway. Yeah. Do you guys want to take a quick break before we get into talking about the red pig? Yes. Cool. Sure. Okay, and we are back. Uh, We're going to discuss, again, you weren't listening in the beginning, so I'm going to tell you now. The 1992 Hayao Miyazaki movie, Porco Rosso. Um, We watched, I think, a Blu-ray version of it. Uh, It looked gorgeous. It had the Disney logo at the beginning, because I think they handled distribution. They've worked with Studio Ghibli a few times. By the way, Studio Ghibli is named after an Italian airplane. And if you couldn't tell from this movie, Miyazaki loves airplanes. He loves seaplanes. His father had some sort of airplane company. I have a declaration to make. I watched it in English. In English? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Why'd you do that? Yeah. Uh... I think I was just feeling lazy, and I know that Studio Ghibli like typically has really great casts for like their dubs. Yeah, and they had Michael Keaton play Porco Rosso, and he was amazing. He was like really gruff and terse. Like he was like, "I'd rather be a pig than a fascist," and I yep. loved it. Mm-hmm. It's the same way in uh, in Japanese. Yeah, and they had Brad Garrett play the head of the. Uh, I forget what the gang was called, but he was also Ayoko. great and loud and like crazy. Who's Brad Garrett? That's familiar. 
He's like the big loud neighbor in uh, that show Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh, the big guy. The yeah. tall guy? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. And I, I saw some other names too. One thing that I thought was funny was like under the credits for additional voices, you have Lorraine Newman, who was on Saturday Night Live, and Tom Kenny, who was on Mr. Show, but more importantly is the voice of SpongeBob. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, the Michael Keaton dub, by the way, that is something I think I forget. I, it may have been Disney that, that that they hired those people because there was an original um, English dub cast and none of them are like A-list celebrities like that. But at this point, Michael Keaton would be riding high. I mean, he would have just finished, I think, the second Batman movie, Batman Returns. Mm. So he was hat stiff at the time. Did he sound like Batman? Uh, not mean, really. Even when he was Batman, he was he was just no? like... I'm Batman. Okay, fine. Hello, I am Batman. I am not Bruce Wayne. Shit. Uh, Carrie Elwes was the uh, the rival pilot. Curtis. Yeah. Who who is Carrie Elwes? The Princess Bride, as you wish. Oh 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 mm-hmm. oh oh. Okay. Also the the stepfather, presumptive stepfather in Liar Liar, and the Doctor in Saw. Yeah. For some he reason, my brain is big seeing Texas Army Hammer. He doesn't look like Army Hammer, right? Or does They're he? They're both blonde. Mm, that's I, it. I, I could see it. I could see it. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, so there's some interesting history behind this movie. Did uh, you guys do any research on that? No. I, I did some poking about in the no. last half hour or so. Um, okay. So originally, some I think Japan Airways, some airline was like, Hey, uh, Miyazaki and Studio Ghibli, uh, we want you guys to do like an in-flight movie, something that's like 40 minutes, 30, 40 minutes. Could you do that? And I don't know if they wanted this to be something about airplanes, but Miyazaki's like, I have something in mind, uh, but it would be, you know, it would involve dogfights and stuff, you know, like aer- airplanes like fighting in the sky. And they were like, yeah, that's fine. Hmm. Uh, let me read from the rest of the quote. This is from a 2009 interview with Empire Magazine. Um so Miyazaki says about this movie, really, it was based on my hobby and I wanted to make something light. But then Yugoslavia collapsed and all these conflicts <laughs> broke out in, in Dubrovnik, Croatia, and the islands which were my setting. Suddenly, in the real world, it became a place where battle was happening. So then Porco Rosso became a more complicated film. It was a very difficult film and I was so disappointed that I'd made something for middle-aged men because I'd been telling my staff always to make films for children. And then what did I do? Actually, the children came to see it and gave me the next chance to make another film. So when I started my next film, I was able to finally free myself of the curse of Porco Rosso. Wow. Um, and um, yeah, and that is kind of how I feel about uh, this movie is that it's it's a very adult film. Um, yeah. It is technically based on a short, I think like 15 page watercolor manga that he uh, wrote called... Um, Hikoteki no Jidai, I think, Age of the Seaplane. Um, seaplane meaning they just they have those two kind of feet on the bottom. They look like skis, and the planes can take off and land right on the water. And for whatever reason, that's his uh, his passion. And Studio Ghibli is named after some kind of Italian-ass airplane. Hmm. Um, but yeah, and uh, I don't know if you guys know anything about Yugoslavia and the wars of the 90s, but no. I repeatedly have tried to understand what happened there. I, by that, uh, you know, I mentioned reading. I tried to read a bunch of Wikipedia articles and I do not understand what happened there. But Miyazaki has just said, he he had some quote uh, 
that was uh, super depressing where he said something like, you know, seeing that happen in the early 90s, it, it like reminded us that we just make the same mistakes over and over again. He's like, I couldn't make a movie like Kiki's Delivery Service after that. He's mm. like, so, you know, I, I wanted to make a movie. He's like, how can we just pretend that life is fine mm. when children are born into this world? It feels like children are no longer blessed when they are born. He said something to that effect. Wow. Which is like super sad, but also like nice, beautiful <laughs> turn of phrase to the translator or whatever. Mm. Um, but then he was like, yeah, but you know what? Um, he's like, children came to see this and they came to see... Um, Princess Mononoke. That was the other one that he made that he was like, oh shit, it's full of violence. I don't know if kids should see this. Huh. And ultimately he's like, you know what? The kids like these movies and maybe they should see these movies. Mm. So um, props to you, Miyazaki. But uh, yeah, and I also just feel like this movie is it's a lot about reflecting, you know? Mm. Like interesting stuff happened in these characters' pasts. There's not a lot of like hot-blooded romantic um like there's romance but well ghibli films don't typically have a romance but it did for some reason this one felt like we might get a kiss at the end you know like we might get a you know like a match it seemed like the only match at the end was uh um fio uh, the girl fio and uh gina became bff after all that and i'm like oh okay so they're together yeah (laughs) What's better than finding friendship? Best friends forever. I'm I I like that. You know, it ends in friendship. Um, although it is uh, perhaps implied, and some people feel that um, Porco uh, does uh, come well that there is a romance romantic success at the end of the movie, but it's more implied. Mm-hmm. And you have to look for these little mm. clues yeah. that I researched. But and we that, should, and that subtlety makes it not a kids' movie because kids don't understand yes, that shit. Very true. You need a kiss. You need to see the pig yeah. like blah, 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 turn back yeah. into a man and stuff. Yeah. Um, we should explain the movie though to people who are listening and are already turning it off because they're like, "You got to give me some context." This movie is about a an Italian flying pig named Porco. Named Porco. No, his name is Marco actually. But is but he's a Porco. He is a porco. He is. <laughs> when this movie started, I thought this movie was entirely about just like a pig. Like, I mean, it is a p- about a pig, but like, I thought, I thought they weren't going to explain. You turned to me and you said, that is some pig. Yes. No, I thought they were not. I thought they were not going to explain why a pig is flying a, <laughs> a, you know, like I thought it was just like, yeah, he's a pig that flies airplanes, whatever. Like, that's a normal thing that yeah. happens. Because, again, besides <laughs> that, it's like one of the... You pointed out that, like, other studio... Or was it you? No. The article I read. Uh, pointed out that, like, uh, that his movies a lot of the time have a, fan, a fantastic kind of setting to them. You know, Princess Mononoke has got all that horrible black goop that comes out of the forest. Uh, Nausicaa. You know, but they're, they're not always just like, this is a real thing. Well, Spirited Away is kind of like, it starts out, like, real. And then she is spirited away to the dead zone or whatever. Sure, but like that's that's just the frame story. I mean, the, the important thing I think is what does the movie show and expect its audience to understand? Yeah. And in Spirited Away, it's like you mostly have to try and get your head around this demon world. Yeah, it's true. Thing. So, but in this case, it's like uh, the, people the, that were fighters in World War One that now, yeah. what are they doing in Italy? The thing that is fantastical is just that a man turned into a pig, and that's what we learned. And we still don't know why. Yeah, we don't know why. They mention a curse, but that's they don't go into it. Right. You'd think maybe when he tells, he has a flashback where he explains. Okay, wait, we should finish. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's about... Um, Flying pig, Italian pig. This Italian guy who was like an ace flyer in World War One for Italy. Uh, and now he's a bounty hunter. He's sort of like a mercenary. He just takes jobs. They use the term bounty hunter, but I think mercenary is, is a better word for it. Mm. Um, and so it opens up and he is basically going and he is taking these child hostages away from these air pirates, these air and sea pirates. Um, and so everybody loves this guy and that's just kind of the setting that he's a bounty hunter. He has some kind of past, like he had some romantic fling with a human and everyone just loves him. And so, yeah, I was just like, are there other pigs in this movie? Cause these are all just regular ass people listening to a French singer in like the fucking twenties or thirties. Um, yeah, they don't treat him like any, they're not like, Oh my God, it's a walking pig. Yeah, I mean, they do reference him being a pig, and there's a lot of pig puns in this movie. Um, people calling each other pig-headed or saying they're hogging something. Miles, I wanted to know, there's a great moment, at least in the subtitles, where um, his former, I guess, not lover, I guess they were friends, Gina's on the phone with him being like, but I'm worried about you, and you, you know, she's basically trying to be like, you shouldn't really go up in the air and do these, these fights anymore. And he's just like, pig's gotta fly. <laughs> which uh, i don't think he says that in english <laughs> yeah i, l- I, I love pigs gotta fly yeah like, which is just a great if if you don't know there's a phrase of just like i'll do that when pigs fly because yeah it's an animal that very much does not fly and yet uh, here we are yeah um yeah and then for a little while in the movie i'm kind of like wait is the conflict here just that there's this like hot shot young american guy who um, wants to be the one to take him out of the sky to win an air fight with him. And then he basically, Porco has this like old, you know, the same sort of thing you always see in like, you know, the Millennium Falcon in Star Wars and other works where it's just like a man and his old piece of shit beat up vehicle. Um, so he keeps being like, I got to improve this plane one of these days. He's in a fight with this American guy. His plane dies on him and the American guy tries to be like, I took him out. Uh, and so then like for half the movie, we're just like, wait, the thrust of this is not like the wars that are happening or like something else with the pirates. It's just that he's like, I got to get my plane fixed mm-hmm. and I got to yeah. prove to the world. This guy did not take me down. He's an idiot and I am good at flying. And along mm-hmm. the way we see that, uh, women can fix and design planes <laughs> Yep, and the, children uh, are not to be underestimated. Yeah. Like the historical backdrop is his, is like Italy being taken over by fascists and like porco and this band of like sea pirates that he goes after like the last bastion of this older more like i guess maybe more romantic and maybe free world where there are fewer laws or whatever yeah i saw someone said that this movie has a lot of this sort of japanese thing they do in media where they take this sort of distanced romanticization this sort of romantic look at Europe and Western culture and being like, look how wonderful and beautiful it is. But, you know, they kind of leave out any of the complicated stuff. But mm. um, I don't know. I mean, I think this movie, that's certainly present there. And, um, but it also, yeah, it, it doesn't shy away from the fact that fascism is a thing. Um, and it has Miyazaki's um, usual pacifism. I think that's all over this movie. Um, Porco refuses to fire uh, in a potentially like um, 
corporeal, violent way against the American fighter. He wants only to damage his engine. Um, when they actually end up fighting, um, you know, in the water, like fist fighting, they both look like dumbasses. And ultimately, it's not that someone wins because they knock the other guy out. It's more just that they keep hurting each other and looking stupid. But then who can still stand up? You know, who can just survive the abuse because, you know, other people need you. They they need you to be um, alive and they're with them. Um, that's how I read that part with uh, Porco, a.k.a. Marco, mm-hmm. a.k.a. me, your boy. Mark. <laughs> That's right. I'm in this movie. You are the pig. I am a pig. That pig was really cool. It was a cool pig, especially Why was he so cool. Women were throwing themselves at him. When he I has, thought he was hot. As <laughs> some pig. When he was having that um like after hours drink with Gina and she explains that her like third Oh my god, girl, stop dating pilots. <laughs> yeah, humans were not supposed to be up there. They you're, shouldn't be flying. After your second husband, who is also a pilot, dies in a plane crash, stop dating pilots. What are you doing? But they're so cool. No. Um, but he just is back there having a drink with her, and he's being really cool. And then when she announces that they found like the body of her last husband, he just like quietly just like pours a drink to her. Mm-hmm. He's not like, oh no, I'm so sorry, or whatever. He's just like pours her a drink and is like, what does he say? Like to the living or to the dead or something. It feels to, a little to the like, lost ones or some shit. It feels like too cool, like a cowboy bebop kind of coolness to yeah. it. Yeah, sure. There's a slight cowboy bebop connection in here. Oh, is it? It it doesn't feel like it's for kids. But it's really not. That's it's the thing. Not. Is it? Is it? It. Um, if I was a kid watching this, I'd fall asleep because I'm a dumb little kid. Yeah, it's it's even. I don't know art. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's the the pacifism that Miyazaki takes to his movies. It's like this is a movie about like fighter pilots shooting each other. And the fascist movement in Italy is growing. And yet it's kind of a chill movie. It's like, it's kind of just breezy. And you're like, yeah, this is nice. And look at all the pretty art. Like every frame in this movie is just gorgeous. I like the spunky women in this movie. It's so beautiful. Yeah, this is also a very feminist movie. Yeah. Although a lot of the men in this movie make comments like, you know, we're not building pancakes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, but but I think they get proven wrong. Yeah, they get proven wrong because his plane turns out to be amazing. Yeah. Um I think a lot of his movies are feminist. Yeah. Or at least yeah. They, he he loves strong girl and women characters. Working working women. Yeah. And he made Kiki's Delivery Service because he said that there weren't a lot of just fun stories for girls. Um his next movie is Howl's Moving Castle. Uh and he complimented the author who wrote those Moving Castle books saying that uh she has some kind of I forget exactly what he said, but a perspective on the female mind. Um, a lot of his movies star, uh, girls or young women. Um, but yeah. And I mean, you know, don't mind the fact that either in, uh, his mind at the time or the, the point of time, the time frame that like the, the movie is taking place in, there's a bunch of just like stupid shit about like, uh, you know, women, um, you know, complimenting them, uh, on their appearance and being like, I'm going to marry if I win. And she's like, okay, whatever to a lot of things. Um, at one point there's that weird line where she's going on, he's finding out that she wants to join him in his travels and she's a 17 year old girl. And he's like, I'm a single man and we're going to be on a deserted Island. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's being like, I look, I don't know what'll happen. <laughs> like, no, I think <laughs> who knows what I'll do. I think he's being like, like, almost like um like 
appearances folk you think it's an appearance thing yeah he's like and maybe also like hey guys are creepy like you might not want to be like alone with like an older man like one it doesn't look good but also two like you know take watch out for yourself i guess okay he doesn't want to bring her Well, he yes. also doesn't want to bring her, but <laughs> I thought he was warning her like men can't control themselves. So watch out or something like that. That's but I mean, and, and the point is, is that it's, uh, you know, he's an idiot. Like he's he's uh, he doesn't really realize that women think and act for themselves and can do all kinds of jobs that have to do with um, engineering know. mechanics. Yeah. Um, but he, but thought, it is just he thought like, he was looking out for her, you know, from his perspective, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and in the way you would treat a child because she says when she goes to start designing his plane and he's like, "Uh, no, I'm going somewhere else. She's like, is it because I'm a girl or I'm young? And Mm -hmm. he's like, both. And, you know, she doesn't then stand there and be like, "Uh, you're a fucking asshole and (laughs) here's why we can do it. And here's a bunch of women that blah, blah, blah. She's just sort of like, well, I'm going to do exactly the job you want me to do and I'm going to do it perfectly. And you don't have to pay if you don't like it yeah and then and then at the end not at the end but like after they fly and stuff um he's like she fucking fixed my plane up and it's the best goddamn job whatever whatever uh he didn't curse but uh and then she's like really and he's like i never lie about planes (laughs) which (laughs) which is great yeah that's how we know he's not a spy because at one point i think she says like are you a spy and he's like no i'm spies are serious Mm. and i was like yeah he'd be a bad spy if he's like they're like are there enemy planes in the air and he's like yes fuck i can't lie about planes <laughs> i promised everyone i don't do that um yeah um the voice of the american guy uh was very familiar to me and i'm happy to say that i was able to recognize the voice of uh akio otsuka who was in our last or two animes ago i forget but he's the voice of wham in jojo's um, and I did not realize how much shit that guy has been in. And I, I, I don't know if I've pointed out that he's the voice of Solid Snake and all the snakes in Metal Gear Solid. Um, he's been in a few Studio Ghibli movies, but uh, just fantastic voice on that guy. Um, as far as other voice actors we'd recognize, didn't really see too many. Um, but the Cowboy Bebop connection is the two vocal songs on the soundtrack, the one that closes the credits and the one like lounge song that Gina sings. Um, at least one of them is like based on an existing song, but both arrangements were done by Yoko Kano, uh, oh. who went on to do Cowboy Bebop and Macross Plus, uh, and, um, the song that plays in our apartment 24 hours a day. You can't hear it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I was saying this was a really, um, beautiful transfer I saw cause Disney did the DVD and the Blu-ray was done by G kids. I didn't see any logo for that, but this looked like it would have been Blu-ray quality. Um, freaking beautiful I, movie The like yeah. all the hand drawn scenes when they're flying. Are yeah. So nice. There's, and, and the thing I like about this movie, there's one scene that I kind of feel just really exemplifies like what Miyazaki and these movies are all about is after their first like flight together, we just have like an establishing shot of Theo. She looks bored. She's just in the gunner seat of the plane and she's just chilling there and a a beetle or something like flies up to the the plane um, and just lands on it. And she kind of like notices it and she just sort of like flips her hand at it. And it just like really well drawn and kind of comical kind of, it falls off the plane and then it flies away. And it's like, 
a scene that seemingly just at first glance serves no purpose to the movie. It's a scene of pacifism, right? Because like you might expect most people, most kids maybe to just like swat at the fly, the bug and try to crush it. Um, and it's also just gorgeous and it's like kind of a slow pace. Like we didn't, I don't think the story needed it. Um, but it was funny. It was fun to look at. And again, it was sort of a nonviolent way of addressing the issue. Mm. Um, it is sort of funny though on the violent end like and it's fine with it not being realistic but it's like porco doesn't really have to kill anybody because the pirates are like reasonable and kind of nice and uh uh fia fio like convinces them to like back off and instead like sponsor the fight between the air fight between porco and uh the american dude who i originally thought was french because he had like a french pin on I don't know. Yeah. What was that about? I don't know. And I kept confusing him with the guy, Ferrarin. Mm-hmm. Is that the same guy? Miles, could you figure that out? F- Wait, who? Ferrarin or something who like meets him at the theater and is like, hey, you know, the Italian Air Force is looking for you. Oh. Yeah. He's yeah. Like they did his look buddy similar. Who's, like similar to the cap, the American guy. Yeah. Oh, Do they not no, look similar? I in my well, head, he had all similar. these like medals on. He had like a different uniform, so I assumed he was a different man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, and I mean, look, he, uh, the American guy, had like this ridiculous Texas accent that Carrie was put on. Oh, uh, <laughs> well, we didn't have that. Yeah, we that's great. A, a Japanese guy. Oh, but we I, should watch it in English. I want to see the Texas accent. Yeah, <laughs> it's really good. I, I I just want to see some scenes to see uh, Michael Keaton. Um, would like He's to so see, good. Uh, how he was in that yeah it seems like a good cast um yeah in 2011 by the way miyazaki said that he would he was interested in doing a follow-up uh anime that he would write and hiromasa yonebayashi uh would direct but studio ghibli since then has been like eh, that's not gonna happen Mm -hmm. um yeah and that guy yonebayashi has did a bunch of the animation on studio ghibli movies like howl's moving castle spirited away etc yeah, I got a bunch of notes here, but I think a lot of them we've already covered. Um, oh, I love in the the theater where he does meet the, um, you know, his old, um, whatever, his old buddy. It's like a tribute to early American animation, I think. Mm-hmm. It almost looks it was, like... Oh, it was yeah. like Felix the Caddish or like very early like Disney. Yeah. But not racist. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Hope, yeah. What was the name of... Uh, what was what was uh, Mickey before Mickey? Mortimer? Uh, I don't know. Mortimer Mouse? Yeah, Mortimer Mouse. Yeah, there was some other mouse kind of character that was like his prototype. Um, Some great lines in here include, war profiteers are villains. Penniless bounty hunters are just stupid. Um, Enjoy that. The pig's got a fly quote. Um, Better to be a pig than a fascist. Um, That's really hitting the nail on the head. You're like, Mm -hmm. oh. Ah. I mean, I kind of figured that's how you felt, Miyazaki, but... Did he uh, to refer to the American guy as Tex? Because he did in English and I no. loved it. No, it's Ugh. possible. One thing I know they do in dubbing is that I don't actually, I don't know if it's inverted with Japanese, but when there's an American dub of an anime, if the anime voice was from Kansai, the west side of Japan, they try to equate it with a Texan accent when they dub it. Mm. But I don't know if it's the other way around. I don't know if Japan is like, let's get a Kansai accent in there if they're an American and that's what we think of as foreign. But 
Yeah, no, there was no there's no reference to Texas whatsoever. He was just like an American okay. and he wanted to be president. Um I love the pirate leader trying to look formal towards the end. Like he has on a suit that doesn't fit, like it's bursting at the seams and he's still wearing the pilot cap, the like leather hat and goggles. We don't see the pirate's pupils like ever in this movie. Mm. They all kind of look the same and they all kind of look like Bluto from Popeye. Yeah. Yes. Why do they all look like Bluto? Um, yeah, I thought they were, uh, it was very, um, charming yeah all of it and i love when they go to take that group photo all around fio who they're all uh super into that the pirate leader very quickly does like a jump kick and knocks everyone away Mm -hmm. um i would just love that as a poster just like the 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 still photo where they're all kicked like flying away and it's just the leader standing by the um by fio i loved um when they were building the plane there was the one shot it was like a montage of them constructing the plane and porco rosso is just sitting there rocking a baby cradle just because like the entire family of the engineer is there working on the plane oh yeah well yeah because they because the thing is is so it's um a 17 year old girl ends up being like the i guess director of the of building the plane right Mm -hmm. i don't want to say she builds it because it's a team of dozens and dozens of people but it's all women that end up making it when, when they cut to the shot of all the women marching i joked to jackie i was like and she hired all the burliest women in town <laughs> and then that is what it was it was just all these women came in uh but it was explained that all the men i guess are away at war that sort of thing mm-hmm. um which has happened in um several countries including in the united states women of come into the workforce during uh, World War II. And then when all the men came back, they were like, all right, get the fuck out of here. We're taking our jobs back, which sucks. But uh, this was just an example uh, of in wartime, um, a lot of people who don't go fight uh, take over the jobs and they can build planes and shit. I've mm-hmm. seen it. Um, yeah. Uh, another line I love, by the way, is um, when Porco says to Theo, you make me think all humanity's not a waste. Which uh, is a sort of antidote to cynicism that I, I sometimes feel, you know. The, the rest of the time, I do feel that way. Um, let's see here. Uh, also, when they all show up, when they're promoting the fight and they're all in their quote-unquote formal wear, the pirates say to Fio, we all took a bath. The way that's <laughs> translated, it all sounds like like they all took a bath together. <laughs> um but uh, hopefully that's not what happened because they'd probably just get each other dirtier. Yeah, and so here's my feelings um, on the ending or what I could find people saying about the ending. The movie ends, here are some spoilers, folks, so skip to, I don't know, the rest of your day-to-day. Turn off this podcast. Um, At the end, when everything's kind of being wrapped up, everyone's leaving the um, fight scene or whatever, that, that pier, um he porco tells fio like get on the plane go with gina i'll talk to you guys later or something fio kisses him briefly um it's not the first time she's kissed him but on the cheek on the cheek she kisses uh porco and then they fly away and then we see him heading back to his plane and the american guy who just lost the fight goes up to him and he's like hey hey what's with your face he's like let me see your face for a second and porco just sort of brushes it off and I thought at first I was like, oh, is it a joke that the American guy doesn't realize that his face is also very bruised and beat up because they both just punched each other for like 15 minutes? 
Um, no blocking whatsoever in those fights. They just punched each other. It was kind of gross. Um, but go ahead, Miles. The no blocking is like, it was like, that's like a boxing match in the Rocky movies or like that video game Fight Night. Have you ever played yeah. that where you just wail on each other? <laughs> yeah. And then you, you just have that like weird realism in between fights where you have to like address the wounds that's in Fight Night, right? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty gross. Um yeah, but I mean blocking's boring. We want to see people just slug each other. Mm-hmm. Um but the way then there's sort of like a ending monologue where Theo explains that she becomes the um CEO or president owner, whatever, of Piccolo, which is the company that made his plane, and they become like a manufacturer of airplanes. Um and she says that she never saw Porco again. Mm-hmm. But she kind of implies that there's a rumor that Gina did um, end up seeing him again. But she'll never tell. But she'll never tell. And my guess is that his face that uh, Curtis was so interested in, I think that after Theo's kiss after the fight, he did turn back to human. And so no one is recognizing him. So he effectively disappeared as Porco Rosso, the pig. And so he's just Marco at that point. And I think at the end of the Wikipedia article or somewhere, they said that if you look during the ending, you see a red plane docking near Gina's uh, place, near the hotel that she owns. So it's possibly even drawn on screen that uh, Marco, uh, FKA Porco, um, is still visiting Gina. And so there is a happy ending. Yay! But we just don't see him smooching and holding hands. Very subtle. Yeah. You know, I like that. Well, I feel like... Yeah, I don't know. I give kids credit. Maybe they can watch this movie. No, I mean I barely understood what the fuck was happening. I will say. I think there's. I think it's too historical <laughs> for kids to like get it. Yeah. Well, Miyazaki would agree with you. Really, I mean, he was the one who said, "Yeah," that he was like, "Oh fuck, this is a movie for grownups," because he was too busy thinking about war <laughs> that was happening. Is he, he, just he just was like, "Oh shit," forgot forgot about his audience. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a 2009 interview called Miyazaki on Miyazaki. I recommend looking it up. It's out there on the internet. Um, yeah, he's a very insightful guy. And uh, I like reading people's thoughts on their own work like much later. I don't like when someone explains the fucking movie like the month it comes out. I hate that. But when someone is like reflecting, I think it's very interesting. Miles, you had something to say? Uh, just that I loved this movie. It was good. It was good. I think, yeah, I don't know if it was my favorite. I think my favorite is still Kiki's Delivery yeah, Service. Yeah, Kiki's. Maybe. Kiki's is my faves. I still, even though I, I do have to admit I was nodding off, uh, in that, that I was not in love with Spirited Away or not as much as I had hoped I would be. Um, I don't know if I could or if it's even tasteful to rank the Miyazaki movies, but uh, this one was good. This one was a winner. They're all gorgeous and they're all fun and whimsical, but this one um, on the whole felt like uh, one of the ones I liked better. Yeah, I think that it, it didn't feel as big as the other movies, certainly, like Spirited Away or Princess Mononoke feel like huge movies. I liked that this was like a very self-contained little story. Yeah. Although, it, I don't know, the fact that it was so real world set, it felt a little bit more of consequence to me. Like Kiki's like in a town, you know, and it's just like a story about a witch. So you're like, this isn't real. 
Hmm. Um, and Spirited Away is practically just like, it was all a dream. It didn't happen. Um, whereas in this one, it's like, oh yeah, if you zoom out, you're like, and then World War II. Yeah. But it is true that it's not like a huge like story that takes place across a ton of time and a ton of geographical places. So you're kind of right. Anyway, I think that's it. Does anyone have final thoughts about this movie? No. Uh, give it a try in English if you watch it. Yeah, I think we'll definitely look up some scenes. Yeah, maybe one day we'll rewatch it in English. Yeah. In the future. Speaking of dubbing as well, I forgot to point out that uh, I was like, oh yeah, Akio Otsuga was also Solid Snake and blah, blah, blah. He was also Moomin Papa. Oh, Moomin Papa. In the Japanese uh, dub of <laughs> the Moomins. So. Moomins. They're the Moomins. Anyway. What a weird show. What a weird show. Anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, if you wouldn't mind doing us a favor, it'd be very nice if you went to iTunes or Apple Podcasts. It's the same thing. Looked up JoJo's Bizarre Podcast and rated us five stars and left a review. I think the star rating probably matters more. But don't be don't feel pressured to write a nice specific review thing. You could just be like good podcast you could just write good job whatever you want to do um but that would help us pop up in the ratings because now when i look up jojo's bizarre adventure we're not that high up in the podcast ranking and i would love to be higher because we got this podcast in there that they're not even dedicated to jojo they just talk about other shit 95 percent of the time for us only 20 percent of the time (laughs) do we talk about someone did the math other stuff yes um, and if you want to follow us on Twitter, you should go to at JJB pod. Um, and yeah, feel free to send us an email of your thoughts on um, what Miyazaki we should do next and um, what your feelings are on uh, anything really. I'm sort of running out of steam, but the email is Jojo's bizarre pod at gmail.com. I hope you have a great evening. Uh, don't be a fascist. Be a pig. Good night. Wink, Good night. Wink. Bye, I love you.